Hello, everybody. This is the 36th week of 62 Who Knew. 36 weeks, nine months, we could have had a baby. Boom. Um, <laughs> the only thing I think of when I think of nine months, don't you? What else do you think of with nine months? So I am here with the Puerto Rican princess, my hostess with the mostest, Miss Nada Cerrito. Thank you for being here. Thank you for We having have me. a great show tonight, but, and we're going to get right to it. But as always, we're going to start out with a synopsis of what is 62 Who Knew? Why did we create this show nine months ago, um, and what is it for? And it has grown a little past its, uh, its planning stage, but what it was planned for was that who knew when you got to the age of 62, which is when all people start to take retirement very seriously. I mean, we think about it in our 30s, 40s, 50s. We most certainly give it some serious thought in our 50s. But that 62 mark is when we can take Social Security as an early retirement, or should we defer it to later in life? Uh, you know, do we need long-term care insurance? Uh, did we not buy it in time? Is it too late? Should we have uh, let our life insurance drop when the children got older? Uh, there's just so many reasons as you get to that 62 to think about retirement. Have I done things right or wrong? Should I have made a left turn when I should have went right? And all people, when they approach this age, uh, have the same issues. doesn't make a difference. Your dad, their dad, their dad, the United States, other countries, this is what people think of. Except for my generation. My generation, uh, which is the baby boomer generation, um, we have a different obstacle than any other generation that has preceded us, and that is longer lifespans, longevity. The fact of the matter is, is that science, technology, medical breakthroughs in the last 30 years are unprecedented. Uh, so many different forms, so many diseases that we used to just, quote, die from, now you get your medicine and you live. So right now, if you live to be 62 in this country, you have better than a 50-50 shot of making it into your 90s. That's kind of incredible when you think about it, that when you get to retirement age, you may still have another 30 years, which is half the amount of time that you've been here to begin with. Another 30 years on this planet. And the truth is, less than 1% of this country is capable financially of making it through that 30 years. And that's what 62 Who Knew is about. Uh, bringing on guests to talk about everything from long-term care insurance to reverse mortgages, life insurance, long-term care insurance alternatives, final expense insurance, uh, annuities, in-home care, uh, just so many different things that from the ages 50 to 90, you should know about and you should have a trusted source to go to. And that's what we're trying to create here at 62 Who Knew. So we thank you for joining us. It's been nine months. Um, we're up to, we're up to uh, 20,000 plus viewers per week and growing. And one of the reasons we are growing like that is the great guests that we have. And tonight is no exception. And although, as usual... My guest has a very long bio. Not going to take a long time with that bio. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Ms. Karen Simmons, who has been helping clients navigate through all the options. This is a little unusual of financial services and long-term care and real estate for the last 20-plus years. That seems like an unusual, you know, financial services and long-term care. That goes with each other. But real estate, uh, Karen is the first person uh, that I have heard of, in my knowledge, that when she sits down with somebody, 
in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is her home, but she has a national reputation, and talks to them about what type of home they would like to retire in. In her mind, when she creates this plan, that home needs to suffice, not just for their early to mid-60s when they're retiring, but their 70s, 80s, and 90s. She's making sure that that truly can be the home uh, that they retire in. And, and uh, this is longevity you know, at its best definition. It's uh, using your home to stay at home, um, and it's a great thing. So I'd like to welcome, without any further ado, Miss Karen Simmons from Thank Hilton you. Head, South Carolina. There Thank she you, is. Uh, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Oh, very good. Um, well, uh, so anyway, uh, we thank you for being here. And uh, I always ask this question of our guest. I warned you of this earlier. I didn't hear your answer because I didn't want to hear your answer because <laughs> uh, I like hearing it. You know, we've had on Mr. Mark Goldberg. Uh, we've had on Bill Comfort, two of the, um, the long-term care insurance giants of this country. Um, we have had so many ex experts across the country on different topics, and I always ask them, what got you into this industry? So that's how we're going to start. How did you, right. not only how did you get into long-term care, but where did you get the connection, real estate and long-term care? Yeah. Well, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, Mike and Nita. I, um, I had a colleague, I was in sales management for a very large, well-known property and casualty company. And it was doing very well. And my colleague um, had her mother just promptly call one day and said, I'm moving in with you. Went from the West Coast to the East Coast and moved in with her daughter. And her daughter didn't have a choice. And I saw her daughter's life put on hold for several years. And um, when her mother passed away, she was able to start her life up again. And I thought, that's that's pretty jarring and she ended up leaving the company to start um selling long-term care insurance and i said what is this so i had her come back and introduce it to my agents and this was almost 20 years ago and i knew in my mind that this was the one area none nobody's really thinking about or talking about we talked about protecting your auto your home your health your life but living too long? What was that all about? So I just decided to follow up on my instinct. And um, sure enough, about a year later, I said, you know what? I'm going to jump on board of this wagon because I know there's something in here that is going to take off. And it did. It took off uh, quite rapidly. And as a lot of people know, the infancy of this industry was a little rocky. Um, yes. But it definitely um, has made inroads, and I'm so excited today to see what's happening, the innovation and the awareness. Um, but it's still a long road ahead because most people still don't even know what it is. They think it's all taken care of by the government. So yes. I, I just saw the experience with my girlfriend, and I said, I would never want my mom to live with me. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I want to stay daughter and mother relationship not this forced caregiver yes yeah and the strain and the stress the worry and um that's pretty much how i got into it i didn't have a personal experience per se like a lot of people do i mean i've had since then i mean it's hard to avoid having a personal experience right yeah it, it really it truly is and um so I got into it, and I, I've never looked back. I've, I've met some incredible human beings along the way. Um, 
I remember one appointment real quickly. I was in Napa stopping for a little bite to eat and uh, at a general store and somebody in a totally red uh, biking suit came up to me in, in sunglasses, just smiling. And I, I turned around and I said, that's Robin Williams. I mean, there were so many different individuals that I met along the way mm -hmm. when I was out on the road. It's become more sophisticated now, but you hear all these stories from different I mean, everybody's the same and they're not. I mean, all these stories about people struggling. So for me, it was just a passion after that, helping people and working. I worked with some local governments. I worked with, uh, for a while, I went to the state of California and Sacramento, talked about um, how important it was for them to educate um, their um, citizens because the bottom line is if the states don't educate their citizens and take personal responsibility, then they're going to be held, held holding the bag. That's right. You know, fortunately, yeah, and that's it, you know, the other option. It, um, it so is, we, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Keep going. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of changes in the industry, as you have all seen. And um, I've also seen real estate morph into this industry. And they're starting to take note because they're following the money. And they're realizing the boomers are demanding certain things in their homes. And um, you'd be surprised. The last home, one of my home buyers uh, moved from California to here to climb the corporate ladder. And young couple with two kids, she brought her mom with her. And guess what? We built them. Mm -hmm. We built them a master down with an in-law suite on the same floor. Mm -hmm. So they can continue to move across the country. He's going to continue to grow in his career. She's going to have her mother with her and not have to worry about her mom being left behind in California, wherever they go. Right. And, you know, the mom feels secure and safe. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, let, let's talk about for a second. You know, a lot of people. Well, go ahead. You, you go ahead and start with, with some questions um, because there's a lot of. Mis misnomers out there, misdefinitions out there. Yeah, so, so what is long-term insurance and its definition? Okay, well, simply put, it's any kind of care you need for more than 90 days or longer. Um, so think of hospitalization as acute care. Long-term care would be anything, even if you've, you've had a heart attack, you go into the hospital and they patch you up and you leave and go back home and you still need care and it's beyond 90 days and you need assistance with physical assistance or of cognitive impairment issues because of that heart attack or stroke, you're going to be at home or somewhere where you need care, you need assistance. That's long-term care. It's not Medicare. It's not Medicaid. It's strictly something that is extended care beyond hospitalization. And most people don't even know this kind of coverage exists or, or they think or assume the government takes care of it, which they can, but it's not usually people's first choice. Well, right. it, it, it's amazing how many people think that once they get Medicare, they're just set for life. And that's such a right. sad, sad reality when they learn right. that's different. So when I you think we, I'm sorry. So go ahead. Go ahead and say what you were going to say. I think we spend more time planning for our vacations than for our retirements. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's probably so true. true. For yeah. sure. So in your opinion, like what does aging in place mean and how is it important? Well, 
I will give you an example. Um, you know, think about vacations, for example. You go to a beautiful, exotic place, you're in a five-star hotel, you have a five-star Michelin or three-star Michelin chef, you have a butler, you have a maid, you have a beautiful view. It's a gorgeous hotel, you have a wonderful week in this five-star hotel. You go back home and the first thing we look, we look at each other and we say, oh, it's so good to be at home. It's so good to be home, <laughs> right? Yeah. It doesn't matter where your home is, if it's a shack or if it's a you know, 5,000 square foot mansion. The reason, and that's, people want to stay at home. Aging in place is simply saying, I don't want to leave my home when the time comes. I want to be able to stay in my home where I'm comfortable. I know the floor plan. I know my neighbors. I know the local people, the merchants, the postman. I know everybody. I'm comfortable. I have a ritual. Why would I want to leave my home and be torn from that home and go into a strange facility or a strange, even if it's a five-star hotel. Right. And, and more importantly, in my own home, I'm the king or queen of my home. I choose who I have come into my home. I choose when I'm up or down, whatever. But if you're in a facility, you're in a hotel even, even if the staff is very good, if you don't like them, you really don't have a choice of who your staff is. So the same thing goes for home. People who age in place tend to be healthier physically, mentally, and they have more choices and they have their independence. And their family will, believe it or not, their family is more comfortable coming to visit them at home than they are in a facility. Oh, there's no doubt. That's for sure. Yeah, and there's no doubt also people live longer at home. No one argues that fact. Better quality of life. And, and again, people are just more comfortable. They know they you know, now the technology, you have a computer, you can order your dog food or cat food for your pet at home on a computer. You can have a pet at home. You can't have a pet in an assisted living facility. Well, that's true. You know, I've never thought about that simple, yeah. that simple thing that people want so much. I never really right. have thought about that. And pet, right. pets bring so much love, too. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny, I've never, Put that into a compartment. That's very that you, important. Yeah. yeah, it is very important. That is important. important. So, what do you find the? So, how do you find the real? What do you think of the real estate trends that are happening in the aging population? Um, the big thing right now, zero entry is the new little black dress in the builder's world. Zero entry, anything. Zero entry shower. Zero entry to from the garage to the laundry room. Zero entry to the front house. Um, Define that, please, for our viewers. Zero okay, entry. So if you're looking outside at a um, infinity pool, you, there's no there's no step stepping over anything. You're walking right into that shower, so that there's no chance of you tripping, mm -hmm. falling, because that's the number one place that people like that. fall and themselves is the bathroom. And if you have a walker or if you have a wheelchair, it's easy to maneuver around. Most um, high-end to um, builders or even mid-level builders will provide you with a zero-entry shower and a seat. Tubs are passe unless you have children. Um, the other big thing is um, if you do have more than one story, elevators are optional. Builders will give you that option. Mm -hmm. um, they make it easy for you to 
um, put the elevator in by creating extra space. Um, the one challenge we have in new homes now is the, it's not us, it's the US Postal Service is no longer allowing mailboxes to be put in front of yards as of mid 2018. Wow. Is that a state thing or a natural thing? So it's a national, believe me. So where does the mail go? Where does my mailbox has always been in front of my house? It goes to a kiosk somewhere in the neighborhood. So like an apartment building. Wow. Like an apartment building, right? Exactly. Like an apartment building. And I'll tell you what, I have never seen so much fury as that with our That's ridiculous. Yeah. Leave it to the United States Post Office to make things harder. <laughs> well, easier for them. <laughs> yeah, easier for them. You know, think about somebody who's elderly and one of their daily pleasures is walking to the mailbox to see what they have in their mailbox. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So now they may have to get somebody to go get their mail. Yeah, really and That's kind of stupid. And go through their mail. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Well, Write your congressman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's kind of shocking. I would mail my congressman, but I'm not sure the letter would get there. <laughs> <laughs> the other big uh, change is most uh, builders now are creating open floor plans, which is aesthetically pleasing, but it's also functional. Think about the wider hallways, the wider doorways. Yep. To maneuver, if you do need a wheelchair, you do need a walker. So it... it and most of the flooring is now vinyl tile, or which is easier on the feet. And if you do fall, it's not as um, harsh as tile, real tile or wood. Carpet is less and less. Maybe they keep the carpet in the, in the bedrooms. But uh, I'll give you an example. That friend of mine just broke her foot and she was in a house with full tile and um, she was pushing around in her chair, her office chair. She, she had a broken right foot, so for several weeks she couldn't go anywhere, but she maneuvered around in her office chair. They right. thought she had a story, and it was all tile. Mm-hmm. So um, those are some of the changes I'm seeing. And then the other thing is the builders are starting to create these smaller, tighter-knit urban communities wherever they build, which are apartment-like complexes where you rent, very upscale, uh, you know, from 1,500 to 2,500 square feet, one story, concierge service, garage underneath, and people are very comfortable there, especially uh, newly widowed or divorced people, mostly women. They feel like they have everything at their fingertips, the grocery store, the pharmacy, the hospital, friends, they have a lot of activities. And in a lot of these gated communities, they have the new tennis, which is Pickleball. pickleball. You got it. <laughs> what is that? Pickleball. I pickleball, still don't know what that is. Pickleball, picture a tennis court. Yeah. Pickleball is paid on half the tennis court, and that that's their court. The, the Turn it around, half the tennis court. Yeah, same pretty yeah. much rules, but a lot less room. And it's I didn't know, um, actually, until a few years ago what pickleball even was. Oh. And then I was told, like, are you kidding me? It's like a national... <laughs> you know, we have a uh, um, a subdivision or a PUD, for those of you out there that are not speaking mortgage, I'm not saying anything bad here, a PUD, P-U-D, <laughs> is a planned unit development. Uh, we have one of the largest ones in the country called the Villages in Ocala. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, we do a lot of reverse mortgages up there. It's actually reverse mortgage heaven. Many things are going on in the Villages that we can't talk about on TV. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
to all our viewers, Google it, the villages yeah. Ocala. You'll bring a smile to your face. It is a beautiful place to live. Uh, there's no way to get around to beautiful homes, townhomes, and pickleball there is like, whoa. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And that's where I, I was visiting a friend, and I went, why are they playing on half the court? Right. And they looked at me like I was... Like I was saying, what yeah. is basketball or what, what is a car? They, they gave me, that's pickleball. I went, what is that? It's amazing the looks I got. And they're very um, attached to that game. Oh, we my God. Off, we were kicked off of a parking lot we were using at the rec center here <laughs> to do our um, boot camp, if you will. I mean, we were competing for space on a parking lot with pickleball players. Yeah. <laughs> and they get serious, too. Yeah, they do. Very serious. Yeah, and they got those little rackets that smack you with. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, let's talk about it a little bit because, you know, again, in our my grandparents, you know, moved to West Palm Beach in their 60s. Uh, they were only expected to live to be in their mid-70s, but uh, Grandma made it to 99. Uh, Grandpa wow. made it to 82. Um, and they were in the same place, you know, they died in the same place they retired it. People really don't do that now. In fact, part of a class that I teach, you know, says that the average person is going to uh, move more than once after mm -hmm. they retire. But really what you're right. talking about could be reversing that trend. If they actually move somewhere beautiful and it is set up for 25 years from now when they're not as mobile, not as healthy, but right. still healthy enough to live on their own, why not still stay in the dream home that you built where you wanted to retire? Right, right. Well, in order to stay in that dream home, you need care coordination. You need somebody who, you need a plan, yeah. any kind of plan, but you need somebody who's an expert in designing a plan for you so that they know what to keep in your house, what to take out. You don't want any uh, rugs, for example. Oriental rugs are out. Um, Oriental food. So very good. <laughs> Especially if you're Jewish. Oriental um, food, five days a week. It's just going to happen. Yes. But just simple things we take for granted every day. Um, you want an advocate for you. If you're at home, uh, you need to have somebody that's looking after you and making sure the caregivers are coming and going the way they should be and taking care of you. And, and that, that takes money, quite frankly. Yeah. Those folks charge a lot of money per hour, but they're worth it because then you don't throw good money after bad money. Exactly. Um, and your, your needs can change, so you have to have your plan of care updated every six months or so. Mm -hmm. And so many people think that at that point in life, when we bring on a guest like you or a long-term care person or an in-home care person, of which we, uh, we have several times, um, you know, that we're thinking that everybody ultimately is going to be in that decrepit situation where they can barely walk and they need the room and they need, that's not what we're saying at all. No, Needs change all. in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Not necessarily that you're an unhealthy 80 or 90 year old, but the luxury of the house changes. Your needs change. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking everybody's gonna be you know, needing a walker. That's not what we're saying. No. Um, no. But, but it is nice if you do need it after that hip surgery That's or right. after that heart attack or after whatever that you're going to make a strong comeback from that your house is able for lack of better terms to take care of you you know while you do that while you heal and remember this can be something that happens to a young person in a motorcycle accident Absolutely. car accident uh they get discharged from the hospital and then they've got six months a year two years to recover that's long-term care age doesn't matter 
Well, and also, how many times, I, I wouldn't even guess, I wouldn't even attempt to guess, you know, can somebody in their 30s or 40s, can that unplanned event happen to their mother or father or mother-in-law or father-in-law, right. and suddenly you are bringing them in, which is a wonderful thing, but your house right. isn't set up for it. Why not have right. the larger hallways and what did you call it? I didn't, I've never heard that term before. Zero entry. The zero entry. I've never heard that term before, even with all the builders I work with through our mortgage company. Why not have this? Um, mm-hmm. you know, for even when grandma and grandpa come for Christmas. I never right. heard of a zero entry pool. I heard of a zero entry pool. That so makes no sense. Steps. No, no steps. No steps. Very cool. <laughs> you just walk and fall in. It's just amazing. <laughs> so tell us something. You know, well, you know, everybody, I, this is a common question, but everybody, every professional like yourself tends to give a, a different view of the answer, and they're always, it's always a great view. Tell our audience the risk of not planning. I love when people go, when it's time, I'll deal with that. When it's time, it's too late. You want to just grab that person. Um, right. What, what are the big risks in not planning for this? Well, I prefer to call it consequences. So the consequences of not planning are you have a plan. It's your money. It's your family if you have a family. So whatever amount of money you've tucked away after 30 years of working really hard or longer, that's the first thing that's going to go because the state's going to want to make sure that you have spent down all your money to qualify for their program known as Medicaid, welfare, or Medi-Cal in California. They always have to be different, right? Yes, California, of course. They're very special there. California, spent 13 years there. Yeah. So um, the consequences are you will be a burden on somebody. You will probably not get the care you need. You'll definitely spend a lot more money than you would have if you had a plan. And you just won't be as well taken care of and happy or, or, you know, for me, planning is about sleeping well at night. That's right. Yeah, quality of life, you don't think about that in your... 20s, 30s, 40s, because every day is quality of life. As you approach right. 60, 70, 80, I think just the definition of quality of life is different. Right. As you said earlier, people are living longer. My aunt is now 91 mm-hmm. in a memory unit, paying out of pocket. Um, and she told me weeks ago when she was still lucid that she's the oldest person in her family. She's never, ever known anybody in our family to live past 85. And she doesn't want to be alive. (laughs) Honestly. That's terrible. She is just, she's not in a good place. And and, her body's still functioning. Yeah. It's, she's, she's not a great place. And, but she's got great care, but she's, she's got the money for it. Mm-hmm. By the way, I told you about that non-forfeiture clause. This is just a little er- er- esoteric thing. You no, know, um, please you know, expand on that. So a lot of people end up lapsing their policies or their parents or their loved ones mm-hmm. lapse the policy for whatever reason. Almost all traditional insurance companies have what's called a non-forfeiture clause. And what that means to all these viewers out there, that there's a little fine print at the bottom of the policy that says if your policy lapses after paying into the pre- pol- uh, policy for so many years, usually it's like a 10-year period, that that insurance company will give you $10,000 paid up benefit if you go on claim. Mm-hmm. So I did that with my aunt's long-term care policy that she had canceled against my recommendations and uh, called them up and said, I'd like to make a claim. 
And guess what? They paid out the $10,000. It's better than nothing. Absolutely. So for all you viewers out there, if you know anybody who's lapsed a policy, if you still have a hard copy of that policy or know the name of the carrier, you can actually call the insurance company, give the Social Security number, date of birth of your loved one if they're still alive and need care, and possibly find hidden money in those policies. I bet you that's, that's great. Kind of that that's great. great advice. That's wonderful that advice. That really is great advice. What is, what is the most common form um, of care, and why do you think that is? Um, I think it's custodial because custodial care is unskilled care. It's care on demand. Think about every time we need to use the bathroom or take a shower or do anything, um, make a meal, uh, prepare a meal, eat, uh, drink, or whatever. That's something that um, can occur 24-7. And um, custodial care is just that a daily assistance versus therapy, which is scheduled, physical right. therapy or occupational therapy and skilled care meaning you know medication management or intravenous drugs so custodial is what we can all do but you know what if we're not trained to do it properly we're going to hurt ourselves and we're going to end up in worse shape than the person we're taking care of well and yeah uh, you also mentioned earlier um that so many people don't know what long-term care insurance is and again it, it always blows my mind that people still think that it's nursing home coverage where in fact it's anti-nursing home right. coverage. And I think if, if the industry could just get that out to the public, you know, I think people would be buying it in record amounts. <clears throat> right, stay, stay out of jail card, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, nursing home gives you choices. You get to pick where you live. You know what, you don't have to live in a nursing home, you don't have to live in assisted living. So you can go move in with your daughter if you want or your son, you don't, they'll pay for you to live at your, somebody else's home. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah, and something I learned from Mark Goldberg the last time he was on the show, and I didn't realize this, a lot of the long-term care policies, I've always have said, if you want to make your home safe, let's do a reverse mortgage. You're above 62 years old, you won't have any payments, but I've learned that many policies actually will give you money to remodel your home to make it safer. Absolutely. It benefits the insurance company. Think about it for a minute. They don't want to pay up more than they have to. They'd rather be preventative in maintaining the house so that you can stay in it longer. So what's happening specifically? I mean, you always hear about Hilton Head. I mean, you know, you think Hilton Head, you think of the of posh living and, and beautiful. Well, we've got the heritage this week. I know Tiger's yeah. not going to be here, but Jordan Spieth will be here. I think he is here right now. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, Tiger's taking the week off to celebrate. Yeah, maybe. I think he deserves it. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. Are you are you a golfer? I am. Is that mandatory when you move to Hilton Head? Do they just, <laughs> do they stop you at the guard gate and say, you know, what is your handicap? No, it's uh, golf or tennis. Which one? Oh, okay. Very cool. So tell us a little bit more about we've had. You know, we, we talk a lot about long-term care, and it is one of our favorite topics. Um, but we um, tell us a little bit more about your group, your real estate group, how you market, how you work with builders. Uh, we have had Mr. David Cribbs on the show uh, twice, so here in Florida has is, uh, created something uh, with realtors. You know, as, a, mortgage, as a, a career mortgage person, you know, I'm seeing a very different trend for most of the last three and a half decades. Um, you know, a real estate agent, A, wanted to sell their own listing so they mm -hmm. could make the full commission. B, right. that usually doesn't happen. So let's go into the MLS 
and find somebody, something great, and then, oh, damn, we can't find anybody. Let's go to a builder. It'll take a long time to get paid. We'll get paid less. That was it in the 80s, 90s, and right through the early, mid-2000s. That has changed. Some of the major builders in the country are now welcoming real estate agents. Um, tell us a little bit about what's happening in your marketplace because you spoke about builders. They're now well, – they're now oh, go ahead. That's very interesting that you said that because just recently, maybe two weeks ago, the Hilton Head MLS just joined up with the local builders association. So now all the builders are listing their new homes or to be built homes on the MLS to get more exposure. That's how it should be throughout the country, in my opinion. Yeah, it shouldn't it should. be competition. It should no, be added. In, should be added inventory. Well, and, and it benefits, I mean, first of all, only 15% of all new homes, 15% of the homes are new homes. Right. So you're, 85% are existing homes. So why wouldn't you work together? It's a, it's a, it complements each other. And, um, you know, sometimes people find a new home and maybe they like the floor plan, but they don't like where it's located. And they'll go back to another area and use that floor plan and show builder how this is how we want this house renovated because it's on hilton head island and we like this location better than bluffton so it's symbiotic it really works out for both both parties oh absolutely um, and when we show and there is a certain part part of the population they only want to build new it doesn't matter they just want new the hot, greatest latest technology and design and all that but um, I find that most people, what they're really looking for is not obviously location, but floor plan. Does it flow well? We That's just right. had um, a couple come out from San Diego. They're fleeing the uh, state of California. As most people should. <laughs> and they were like enthralled. And I was like, wait till they see the 10th home. They're going to say, well, they all look alike now. <laughs> <laughs> But they, we do. We have the 14-foot ceilings. We have the really open floor plans. We have the southern look, the, the, the pillars and the big right. wide open windows and the porches and the screened-in back porches. And they were just enthralled. And being being in California, I know exactly where they're coming from. So I think we um, just look to appeal to a broader base of people. And building can be very uh, exciting, but it also can be very discouraging because we do have, um, when you build, uh, things happen like weather, labor shortages. Sheet, um, sheetrock shortages. You got material shortages. Material shortages, yeah. Uh, tariffs on lumber that raise the price of materials. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, you're right. You know, again, we see it in our mortgage company. Um, there is a certain population, it's a small percentage, that all they want to do is build. But even they will admit that it's the most stressful six, right. nine, or 12 months of their life. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I... I um, I don't think I'll ever build. Yeah. I've done it before. It's, it was a spec home that wasn't done yet, so I, we were still going through the building, and it's it's still very stressful. Well, that, that's <laughs> what I love about builders now. Of course, during the Great Recession, when the bubble burst, nobody would do this. But now I love it when someone can go to a spec home that's 50 to 60% built. Okay, so you're not waiting six and nine months, but now you're picking out your cop. You, like you said, it flows. They like the floor right. pan. They're picking out right. their carpet. Mm -hmm. They're picking out their tile. Right. The size of the pool, what kind of landscaping. I mean, I think that's an incredible thing 
you know, when you don't have to wait six months or a year and pull permits. It's happening. Do you have a lot of that there? We uh, we do. Um, the real the ballywick with us is getting the, the permit pulled. Probably that's the slow that slows things down up to we give ninety days for a, um, the build process just to get the permit. Wow. I didn't We're a small town growing fast. Yeah, that's what happens, right? Right. Um, and also, you know, different areas, well, maybe Florida is the same. We're in low country. What does that mean? We're like at sea level. Oh, so, I didn't realize that. Yes, we are. Uh, I think the high point on Hilton Head Island is 17 feet above sea level. Oh, so when Fl- uh, Bluffton's a little higher. But when you, when you build on land out here, you've got to do a lot of fill, a lot of fill. So what if it, let's just take your average four bedroom, three bath house, pretty pool, mm-hmm. you know, not a palace, but certainly not a small house for a family. From the time right. they sign a contract and say, I want it, 90 days for a permit, and then how long to CO, certificate of occupancy? Um, usually seven to eight months. Wow. So you're talking a year to build a house. Really? Then it must have been a super duper custom high deluxe. Well, you just house. said no, no. You just said seven to eight months after the ninety day permit. No, I'm including the ninety. Oh, okay. Day. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I thought, quick, okay. Everything in. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. Quick. Well, that's not hateful. That's no. not hateful at all. That's so actually pretty build, good. Your builders are building quite quickly then with ninety days for permits. They're doing great. So again, like Mike was asking you about like the type of marketing you're doing. So I know you're saying you're trying to go into the long-term care and real estate. So what exactly are you doing and how are you getting your customers and stuff? We do um, a lot on Facebook. We do have our Hilton Head Home Group and we target markets outside of this area, specifically Ohio, Ohio. New York, uh, Connecticut, where I'm from originally, um, all the northern states, uh, actually New Jersey, any high tax state we target because wow. we're, we're targeting people who are fleeing very, very high tax states and they're just over it. Um, you know, you're, they're nearing retirement and they have a, they're going to be on a fixed income and they're looking at this property tax of uh, 30, 40, $50,000 a year. And they're going, what am I paying this for? I don't have kids in school. The services here are lousy. Yep. Um, the weather's lousy. Uh, why are we here again? Yeah. And uh, a lot of times the kids will follow. Absolutely. So, That's true. Uh, we, target, we target those states specifically. I mean, we love our South Carolinians. We love our Southerners. But we're, we're looking for the sweet spot. And the sweet spot for us in terms of... Um, Buyers is definitely the tax, the tax burden states. I love that you've used the word a few times. I love how you use the word fleeing, as if, as if the law was chasing them. <laughs> They're not leaving New Jersey. They're, They're fleeing, fleeing New Jersey. But, you know, <coughs> to a state with no extradition. It's a special day. It is yeah. April fifteenth. So. Oh, that's right. Oh my God, that's right. We're we're Today's talking about day. fleeing on tax day. <laughs> I wonder how many millions of people right now are going, got to get to the post office before midnight. Exactly. And yeah. they're probably going, why am I paying all these taxes again? Well, yeah, it is, a, it is a thing. I always laugh down here when people go, you know, my taxes on my $500,000 house are up to 6000 And again, in states, you know, like that you mentioned, Connecticut, New York, right. New Jersey, this would be taxes on a 
$200,000 house, not on a $600,000 house. We also right. here in Florida enjoy what, you know, relatively thinking low taxes here. Right, right. No, no, I have relatives in Orlando. I went to school at Rollins College, so. Oh, and what you mentioned you were in California, living, working, what were you doing in California? I, that's where I did most of my long-term care. I, I was recruited and then I ended up in California and I didn't want to leave, so I ended up roaming the Bay Area and Northern California. I mean, what a way to live your life, uh, driving around uh, Marin County, Sonoma County, East Bay, San Francisco, and meeting people in their homes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, the, the people I met, the stories, the geography, um, it was fabulous. But I was also a refugee. <laughs> <laughs> you were fleeing? <laughs> what? I just had to I had to leave. No, I actually I left because I had a, a parent that had passed away, and then um, my mom had ended up getting cancer. So I was commuting back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast, and I'm like, that's not the best commute to make. No, it isn't. And what was the relatives in South Carolina? Yes. That's how you ended up there. Yes. Yes, and I'm very very happy here. I've never. This, this is a wonderful, welcoming uh, community. Uh, and basically, I think we have out, we out, the Northerners outnumber the Southerners, I think, by two to one now. Uh, I, get, I bet you. I bet. Yeah, I've lived here in yeah. Florida, how long? 43 years, 40, 44 years. And um, I still think I could count on the fingers of eh, maybe two hands, maybe yeah. three hands, how many Floridians I've actually met. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to become a little more now. Well, yeah, like my three children. You know, right. now that we came here, my three children were, you know, were born here. So, so uh, tell us a little bit about, we, we, we still have about 10 minutes left. It's a, a 15 minutes left. It's amazing how quick an hour goes. I always say that. Um, tell us a little bit about your personal life, married, children. What, what, what do you do when you're not selling homes and, long -term, um, and helping fleeing criminals coming from other states? A significant other who is from the South, uh, no children. Um, I am an avid, um, I don't say I used to be an avid cyclist, but I have to be honest with you. Uh, it's flat here, it's low country. Yeah. I mean, you're just driving, biking <laughs> around uh, flat. It's, it's pretty, but it's like, if you want a hill, you have to go over the bridge. Um, I'm, a, I'm a private pilot. Um, I don't fly now because, um, I sold my plane in California when I left, mm -hmm. um, gave up the toy, but I'm planning on re-upping that and flying maybe in a year or two from now. Did you keep your license active? You, uh, you put yes. in your hours? Yes. What type so, of plane do you fly? Cessna 184. Mm -hmm. Is that a single engine? Single engine, land only. But, right. um... It's uh, it's fun to get around. I mean, if you've never known any private pilots, all I like to do is go up and uh, fly to an airport for lunch and fly back. That's sort of our fun fun time. Oh, well, that's know? very that cool. Sounds pretty cool. That sounds very cool. Um, we do a little boating. Um, there's a lot of water here. Fishing. Um, we we live on the beach, so um, don't tan real well. But I do get up early in the morning and walk on the beach and enjoy the the beautiful sunrises, um, and uh, we like to go out and check out all the antiques and the southern history. 
Um, it's a really unique community. Uh, it is. I think a lot of people don't realize how much history is here. Um, and uh, we just like to, we're big foodies. That's a problem. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, um, and I, we're going to avoid, I mean, I love golf. I love the heritage, but the locals usually try to stay away from it because it gets pretty crazy here. Really? Um, with the golf tournament going on. Today was the first day. And tell us about your realtor group. May I ask what, who are you with? What company? Yeah. Um, Remax Island Realty. Imagine right. that. Imagine that, um, Remax. I have two phenomenal partners, uh, Janice Ross, and um, she's also a refugee from L.A. <laughs> and I have uh, Stephanie Collar. She's our social media guru. Good. And uh, we sort of we work together as a team. And um, we just we really enjoy working with each other. And we I think we add a lot to the team and um, we all have our strengths and uh, we just that's the fun part. You know, the long term care is my passion and it's like um, I'm on a mission, a quest. It's uh, simple, but not easy. The, the real estate's fun. You know, it's right. everybody to buy a home or you know it's light I mean not light it's a big thing to do but um, it's not as serious to cut discussion as long-term care and educating it's just amazing to me how many of our long-term care experts really do look at it as a passion it's one of the things that uh, I think the first long-term care convention I ever went to was probably close to 10 years ago and I was there to speak on reverse mortgages and the relationship of reverse mortgages and long-term care. And um, didn't know pretty much anybody at that point in the long-term care world and was so taken back by the passion of yeah. everyone there. Because, you know, people think of insurance agents like they think of mortgage people and used car salesmen. They're there to sell you something and they want to talk about life insurance when you're young and you don't want to deal with death. But the truth is... Uh, what I've learned over the years, in fact, we were just discussing this in the car. I said, I wish I would have got an insurance license 37 years ago and not a mortgage license. Because the truth is, most problems in this country, when you wake up and there is a problem, you call your insurance person. Whether right. it's your son or your daughter had a car accident or okay. mom and dad need to make a claim or should you have major medical if you start listing problems, you don't call your banker, you don't call your mortgage person. Right. I wouldn't That's even true. say you don't call your lawyer. You usually call your insurance person. And you know what, Mike? I probably get a claim in almost every week now. Really? I probably get a long-term claim in almost every week because I've been in the industry long enough. So, I mean, it, it, it breaks my heart because these are people I have relationship with 20 years back where, you know, I'm sitting with Sally and Joe and they're healthy, they're young, they're excited, they're planning, they're doing the right thing, and then one of them goes on claim. And who would have thunk it, right? You don't yeah, know. No. That's exactly right. What do you... I'm sorry, no, please continue that thought. It's like losing losing a family member to us. Yeah. I mean, I'll speak for me. Yeah. What do you think, and you see we have about 10 minutes remaining, what do you think about, you know, we're going to get back really to the premise of the show, you know, we're living now to be 90, and quite frankly, with medical breakthroughs coming in the next 10 to 20 years, there is no doubt. I mean, scientifically, people might go, no, he's exaggerating. But scientifically, there's no doubt that 10 or 20 years from now, 
playing tennis or pickleball in your 90s or your low hundreds is, is a fact of life. Science is, is making it happen. Sure. What, do you th what do you see the future of long-term care insurance, all insurance, life insurance, health insurance, when we're in fact going to be living to 100 very soon and being healthy and active? Right. Well, I think that just like auto insurance, I think eventually there will be some kind of minimum requirement for everybody at some point um, to get something. Because if you start out really young and you have an inflation-protected policy, 3% compound, but very small premium, you're, you're, you're hedging your bet and you're saying, okay, if I live to 100 and I need care, my gosh, this, this benefit is going to be crazy. I mean, what is it? Einstein said the eighth wonder of the world was compound interest. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think, you know, if the insurance companies, which they have all these brilliant people crunching numbers all the time and um, will figure out something that makes sense for people at any and with with pretty much any budget budget, if they are educated early enough. Um, but I think, you know, part of the problem with our society is we're impulse, we're instant gratification. Oh, yeah. No what, is she, what do you think is the ideal age to get long-term care insurance? Um, 12. <laughs> well, I'm just, I mean, no, no, is there, yeah. I know you're joking, but I'm serious though. Yeah. Um, well, I will tell you, I got mine at 41. And the reason is I had to sell myself. I had been in the business for a couple of years and I finally said, okay, now I've got to buy this. I would say as soon as you have everything else lined up, all your ducks in place, you have your retirement plan going, you have your kid's college education paid for, you know, just check off the box one at a time. After everything's done financially with that, the next step would be to get your long-term care insurance in place. Meaning the sooner the better after you've taken care of your other financial obligations. Is there a minimum age? 18. 18? So 18 would be good. <laughs> Actually, what a per you what a I'm glad you asked that. What what a perfect answer you gave because it could be 30 for one person, 41 for you. Right. Check off the boxes, your retirement, your children's education, and when you've got that handled, that is the perfect age to start thinking about your long-term right. care insurance. That really, what a perfect question and answer. I hope, uh, I hope a lot of listeners like, wow, I, I may have be past that. I better, get, I better go do this. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, which I know brings up you know, sensitive things on, on both sides of the equation or on both sides of the aisle, is that one day there may be minimum requirements. It really is people accept that you must have car insurance. And, you know, you're right. not supposed to drive without mm -hmm. it. And you know, the, the conservative part of me says, no, I don't want a law that says I have to have health right. insurance. The liberal part of me, which is a big part of me, that wants everybody to be happy and safe, says if everybody did have to have a minimum amount, probably our insurance rates would be lower, probably we would, get be better, would be getting better care. There is a certain amount of logic to, you know, to that minimum coverage, not just to protect yourself, but to protect everyone around you. Although that idea would be, I think at this point, laughed out of Congress. 
Yeah. I think, you know, when you see the people around somebody who needs care, it's not the person receiving care that suffers. It's the people around them. We always get so to true. that. Yeah. We always get to that. It's the caregivers that right. sometimes don't, you know, when Mark Goldberg on our, I don't know if it was the first show or the fifth show, and I always, I always want to ask him the statistic during the week when I talk to him, and I keep forgetting. But when he gave me the statistic of how many caregivers predecease the right. people they're giving care. I remember when he said it, we were in the, uh, we hadn't moved the set here yet. Mm -hmm. We were in that room. I remember my hair just standing up on my arms, and I go, no, did you misquote that? And he went, nope, that's it. Uh, the stress of a caregiver. Uh, and it, depression. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's no they doubt. They don't know where to go for help. They're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They can't sleep at night. They're worried. You're right. I mean, it really snowballs. And they won't, it won't or can't or don't know how to seek help. Right. Yeah, a lot of times they don't know how. I think they want to, but they don't know yeah. how. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, this, we always seem every other show to get back to this long-term care topic. And, you know, and I do worry sometimes, I talk about it with Mark and Peter Gelbax and with mm -hmm. you, Nada, you know, that we don't want to turn 62 Who Knew into a long-term care show. You know, I don't want people to go, yeah, they're going to keep talking about the same thing. Why, why bother watching? And then there's a part of me that says it's a message worth delivering every damn week. Would you please pay attention? If you're in your 40s and your 50s, now's the time to do it. Many people don't realize you can be in your 60s. Not the picture of health, but health and professionals Absolutely. like you can still cover them. In our remaining few minutes, could you cover that? What about somebody in their low to mid-60s, not in terrible health, not the picture of health, not both? Um, can they still get coverage at a Absolutely. fair price? Sure. We have plans that are knockout questions, so they're very topical. You don't have to have a physical. Um, so, you know, remember everything is um, sort of a um, sliding a sliding scale, right? Right. The more information you give the insurance company, usually the less cost associated because they know what risk they're taking on. So a lot of these policies have now mutated into, you know, less is more. If you don't have the best of health, including being a cancer survivor, um, stroke survivor, heart attack survivor, there are still carriers out there that are willing to insure you and at a reasonable rate based on your age. Now, um, depend, you know, they're not going to give you the full enchilada, so to speak. And most carriers don't do that anymore because they learn real quickly. Um, they were giving away benefits. They were too rich. And now they're realistic. But the big thing is now we have the blended plans where you live, quit, or die, you get your money back. And that was always one of the, the arguments I had with I people. I find that amazing. Yeah. I find 100% guaranteed refund of premium just an amazing thing. Because you know what? They, the insurance carriers know the statistics. They don't know who, but they know a certain percentage of the people are going to end up using those plans. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, I can't believe the last 10 minutes went that quick. It did. Didn't I just say we have 10, 15 minutes and we yes, have 30, and now we have 30 seconds. Thank you so much for being here. We'd like to have you on again. I did email you my video. I'm sorry. This was a weird day for us today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Please stay on because we always talk after the show. Okay. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike and Anita. I appreciate thank it you. too. All right. With 15 seconds left to go. 
This was another good show. We ended up back at LTC, um, but it, it's a it's a message worth giving. Uh, we have some interesting. Oh, five, four, three, two, one. Join us next week. It's going to be a good show. <laughs>